He also loves to play bingo with old people and it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, he told us that we should all go with him and what's that? I told him that you and, and we'll I will take all our trolls. That and you and I will only go if we can take a loaf of bread, some peanut butter, and go to the Goodwill first to find some cat sweaters. Okay, so that's a plan. That's a plan. We're doing it. And now, and here we are. This is the Witch's Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. And I'm Kara. And I'm Megan. And this is a side piece. I know a lot of everything that's just happened is going to get edited out, but I want you all to know we've been recording for two minutes so far, and we just now have gotten a usable intro. <laughs> Here we are, being professional podcasters. <laughs> I have a side piece for you today. Yep. I have learned since starting this podcast, I've noticed I have a thing for spy stories, spy-y things. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of those. Okay. It's, it's spy-y. Okay. I'm maybe, a writer. Maybe Megan should be like an espionage. Mm-hmm. Doing it. In Russia, near St. Petersburg, there's a radio station that is thought to be located in the middle of a swampland among some abandoned buildings and power lines behind an iron gate surrounded by a stone wall. Oh. That's where we think it is. A radio station known as MDZHB, or sometimes called UVB-76, or... Oh, A-N-B-F. It has several different call numbers because it's been in existence for so long and they just changed. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It broadcasts 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's been going for about 50-ish years. Oh. The thing is, no one has ever stepped up and claimed it as their own. Anyone can listen, no matter where you are in the world. You just tune in to, see, here's a thing I should have looked up, 4625-KHZ. Kamikaze. <laughs> Hospitality zoology. <laughs> kilohertz. Oh. All you have to do is tune in to 4625 kilohertz. You can also search YouTube for MDZHB or any of the call letters I said earlier, and you can hear other people's recordings of the broadcast in case you're curious. If you don't have a shortwave radio and can't tune in to the actual station. For the most part, the station broadcasts a drone type of sound. It's just like a monotonous tone. Uh And then every few seconds, there's a second noise, which one article described as a ghostly ship sounding its foghorn. Oh. Once or twice a week, someone will read out some words in Russian. (gasps) Sometimes it's a man's voice. Sometimes it's a woman. And the words themselves are fairly random, like dinghy or farming specialist. Oh. This isn't the only station of its kind. Online, this station is known as, they call it the buzzer. And they call it that because of the noise that they have. Yeah. But there are two other stations. One is called the Pip and the other is called the Squeaky Wheel, both named for the noise that's typically broadcast on the station. Okay. And conspiracy theorists all over the world tune into these stations, make recordings. They write down whatever words (gasps) are said. But like no one really has any clue what they're listening to. Right. So like even if you can figure out what the purpose is of the station, and we're pretty sure we know why it exists, it doesn't make the content make any sense. Okay. So today we're just going to focus on the one station that I started with, the buzzer. <laughs> David Stupples, Ooh. an expert in signals intelligence from City University in London, says there's absolutely no information in the signal. We think the frequency belongs to the Russian military, but that's never been confirmed. Like I said, no one will take responsibility for the broadcast. Well, of course they won't. Here's what we do know. It's a shortwave radio signal, which means it operates at a lower frequency and involves fewer waves passing through a single point every second. In comparison to like local radio or your mobile phone signals, shortwaves travel a lot farther too. Here's why. 
in case you ever wanted to understand how okay. radio waves work. Okay. High frequency wave signals can only travel in a straight line and they get lost oh, when they bump into an obstacle. Yeah. So that's why when you go into like a heavily wooded area yes. or whatever, sometimes your signal yes. on your phone and everything or your radio. So the lower frequency shortwave signals, they bounce off charged particles in the upper atmosphere. So they'll Ooh. like go up and they bounce back down and then they end up zigzagging like across okay, the sky. Okay, so they just find their way through. Yeah, and that helps them travel much, much farther. Okay. They can go like thousands of miles while the other higher frequency waves can only travel tens of miles. Right. That's important to know for later. Okay. So the station first began broadcasting at the end of the Cold War. And the first recording of the broadcast was captured in 1982. When the Soviet Union collapsed, the station's activity sharply increased. Oh. It's transmitted from two locations. The one in St. Petersburg that I told you about at the beginning. Uh-huh. And another site near Moscow. Okay. People have a lot of theories about the purpose of this radio broadcast. So let's talk through them in the order of, in my opinion, most likely, <laughs> least likely to most likely. Okay. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly opinionated. The first is to communicate with aliens or about aliens. Mm, I mean, I would put that highly likely, but I, I just don't think so. Know. I just don't think so. <laughs> I just disagree. Well, you know what? They're probably finding that they're, it's the alien fairy yeti. That's the start of the Dyatlov Pass mm-hmm. incident. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And now they're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two, mm-hmm. communicating with submarines. This one makes sense because of the way shortwave signals work. Right. They're commonly used by military crafts to send messages because you got to go across oceans and continents and mountain ranges. It's not that this one's super unlikely as much as it's just kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want it to be the reason. So right. That's why it's number two. Right. Third, it's what, no, this one's terrifying. Okay. It's what's known as a dead hand signal. And it basically works like this. If Russia is hit by a nuclear attack, the signal would stop. And that stop would trigger a nuclear response in retaliation. Oh. So if that's the case, you can nuke Russia, but then you'd be nuked right back. So basically everything is fine as long as the buzzer is heard. But if the signal stops for a certain amount of time, y'all need to worry. Yeah. We do know that this type of a technology exists. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. But the problem with both of those last two, the communicating with submarines or the dead hand signal. Remember when I told you earlier how the shortwave signal works? It bounces yes. back. Yeah, yeah, No, God. We're, we are learning so much today, I guys. love this. So in the upper atmosphere, there's it's not like a completely flat surface that yes. stays in one place uh-huh. all the time. It's a thing that's like constantly moving. You mean the world's not flat? <laughs> Next side piece is the mystery of how the world is not flat. Okay, so <laughs> one article compared the upper atmosphere to the surface of the ocean, saying it moves higher and higher, mm-hmm. and it kind of, like, goes in waves. Yes. So during the day, it goes higher and higher, and then at night, it comes down closer to Earth. Right. Because of that constant change, if you want to be 100% sure that your shortwave radio signal can be heard from anywhere in the world at all times, the frequency would change depending on what time of day it is. Oh, that's how other known shortwave radio signals work, like the BBC World Service. Uh-huh. You can tune into that from anywhere in the world right. at any time, yeah. and it changes frequencies because of how the yeah. position of the upper atmosphere yeah, yeah. changes. Okay. This radio station we're talking about doesn't change. And you'd think when you're discussing it could possibly be a trigger for a nuclear reaction. You'd want it to change. You would want to make sure it's still out That there. there's never a break in the right. signal and it can always be heard. So, yeah. Well, yeah. While we're on this topic, though... 
There is a theory that maybe the purpose of the radio station is to use sound to determine how far away those particles in the upper atmosphere oh. is. Like it's some sort of the sound bouncing off is like a measuring okay. thing, which is important to use when you are using your radar systems to keep track of the missiles of other countries. Yeah. Knowing how far away that layer of particle is kind of gives you an idea of okay. of how your radars work against yeah. those sensors. People who know far more about how this works uh-huh. says that this isn't likely because apparently if that were the case, the broadcast would have an entirely different sound to it. They were like, it would sound more like a car alarm where it's just like, oh. Wee! like it would change. Okay. And oh, the to current see, like, drone noise just like, doesn't. Yeah. Off of. They would use different noises to bounce yeah, around. Yeah. So it's probably hmm. not likely. It's questionable. And the last one, which is the one I think is it, it's a number <laughs> station used to communicate with Russian spies all over the world. So basically the broadcasts are... So Espionage Megan has yes, come up with this I conclusion. I have decided that it's definitely <laughs> spies. Um, so basically the broadcasts are coded messages meant for spies. The way this would work is through an encryption system known as one-time pads. A random key is generated by the person sending the message, and the key is only shared with the person who is receiving the message. And as long as this key is perfectly random, the code can't be cracked. So it wouldn't matter that, like, literally anyone could tune in and hear it because you don't have the key. So Yeah, you have no idea what's happening. And the key is constantly changing, Mm -hmm. and it's only used one time. So back during World War II, number stations were used all over the world, and by other countries, too, not just Russia. There are some benefits. Since anyone can listen to the radio signal, it would be really hard to determine exactly who the messages are meant for. Right. So it's an easy way to communicate with spies without blowing their cover. And if you open an email or get a text message or visit a website, like that's all really traceable. Mm -hmm. But the shortwave radio signal isn't. It's just there and gone. Do you remember back in 2010 when the FBI announced that they had busted this big underground sting of Russian spies in the United States? They had been here for years and years. Mm -hmm. Apparently, those Russian agents got their instructions through coded messages on shortwave radio. Although not this particular station. Yeah. So that's definitely a thing. Yeah. The radio station's broadcast hasn't been completely constant over the years. The tone has gone higher here and there, and the buzzes have gotten longer in duration. And there have been breakdowns, which have become more frequent. Oh. One time in 2016, there was a breakdown in the signal. (laughs) And you could hear a person beating the mechanical buzzer to make it work again, <laughs> which is just a really funny middle image to me. Like, yes. just, I don't know. I just picture this. <laughs> but that does tell you that it seems like those transmissions are monitored yes. by a person yeah. 24-7. He probably had to, like, walk out to this hut on his farm and is, like, in his boots, carrying his coffee with his little hat on. And he just, like, beats it with his ranch. He's like, why is this happening again today? Yeah, and then somebody's like, have you tried restarting it? Yeah, did you unplug it for five seconds and then plug it back in yet? Do a hard restart and call me back. Yeah. So you can also sometimes hear background noise and distant conversations behind the buzzer, (gasps) which makes you think that what they've done is like set up a microphone next Mm -hmm. to some type of receiver. Yes. Rather than having a noise that's internally generated. Well, yeah, if this has been going on for X amount of time. For 50-ish years. It's just interesting to think that the same equipment. They're just... An office working and overhears this yeah. microphone set up yeah. to this buzzer that you mm-hmm. would also hear all day, yeah. which would make you And crazy. are these spies or is this just like Joe just Schmo any random, off yeah. the side of the street who's like sending these messages for like this guy that lives on the corner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the voice messages part of it were fairly rare up until about 2010. And that's when listeners reported increased activity at the station. 
So more people, when they're like, oh, there's more stuff happening. So more people started mm-hmm. tuning in and keeping track of what was going on. Okay. So it's possible that we only know more of what was being broadcast because, because it, there's more yeah, people listening. Yeah, there wasn't that many. On June 5th, 2010, the broadcast went silent for 24 hours. <laughs> oh so I'm sure if you thought it was a dead hand signal, you're yeah. like, holy crap. Everything's going to go. <laughs> Later that year in September, there were several weird broadcasts, including oh. snippets of Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake. <laughs> As well as one instance of something that sounded like a woman screaming. Oh. And then in November of the same year, there were intermittent phone conversations transmitted, and they were recorded by a listener. They're available online if you want to hear them, but they are in Russian. So. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, like, if you're listening to this podcast, you're super brilliant and intelligent, and you probably all speak Russian. But I Okay. I have a side note. Um, Jeff Clark, who mm-hmm. sent in that side piece for me. The Mothman. The Mothman. He will have these crazy dreams where he's speaking in Russian and every time he has this dream, he's saying the same exact thing. Well, that's terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. I want somebody to translate it. So if you can speak Russian. Let us know. Let us know. On October 17th, 2016, it was a really active day. The broadcast sent out at least 18 different messages in less than 24 hours. And then since the beginning of 2020, it appears that more frequent messages are being heard because, of course, right. on May 15th, there was a third party transmission that seemed to be from French fishermen. So, like, I mean, it is a shortwave radio. Right. So anybody can sort of. Yeah, it's like the yeah. CB radios or whatever. The thing is, they think that's why they keep the one drone sound going all the time mm-hmm. between the voice transmissions. And that's basically just to occupy the, the signals so yeah. that nobody else is going to want to transmit yeah. on it. So those French fishermen show up a couple times. (laughs) On May 30th, there's music playing. On June 9th, this is all 2020, the buzzer broke down for a few seconds, Uh which again, I feel like if I was listening and it stopped, I'd be like, oh, God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Later that day, multiple transmissions of Morse code were broadcast, (gasps) but the origin is unknown. On June 16th, it stopped for an hour. (laughs) On July 15th, there was a voice message. But it wasn't broadcast from the station itself because the buzzing didn't stop. Oh, okay. And the message was in English. Oh. And it seemed to be some kind of numerical code. Oh. And then on August 16th, there was some music playing and some carrier tones. But again, the buzzer didn't stop. So it makes it seem like it's another like third party thing, possibly from someone who wanted to disturb the buzzer. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, it's just you can go like I said, <laughs> online and you can see other people's recordings and any kind of there were a whole lot more of just like weird. um So curious. Anomalies and the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. And it's also fascinating to get this glimpse of just these espionage things. Yes. Allegedly, in my opinion, yes. if it is an espionage yes. thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's just I think it's so interesting. It's so cool. Yeah. So that's it. That reminds me of the book I recently finished. I think it's called The Secrets. They kept. Oh, as Megan throws her papers on the floor. The Secrets We Kept. The Secrets They Kept. It was about like women who worked as typists, but some like moonlighted as espionage. Oh, I think I have this in my Amazon. It, like, you list. should listen to yeah. it. It's really good. Yeah. I love it a lot, but it makes me want to be one. <laughs> I feel like the idea is really cool because you yeah. get, you know, our whole thing where like, we want to know the answers. Right. And if you're a spy, you get to know the answers, but also you don't get to have a normal life. Yeah, I know. Everything's real dangerous for you. <laughs> I don't want the, I don't want the life-threatening part. No, I don't want to have to be a different person every other week Mm-mm. because my life's in danger. Like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, gosh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Thanks for listening, you guys. Okay, guys. We'll be back Friday with a full episode. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>